Uganda's president, Yoweri Kaguta Museveni, most recently has gone viral on social media because a speech that he made a while back has been making rounds and it sheds a lot of light on some of the things that NATO and Western powers have been doing on the continent. Now, the murder or the brutal assassination of Gaddafi has been a conversation in African and Black American circles for a very long time. Um, it's always this, this, this some form of mystery that surrounds the assassination of Gaddafi because Libya was one of the countries that was doing extremely well. Um, they had their own challenges. That is not to excuse all the problems that Libya had. But if you look at the trajectory that it was growing as an African country, it was growing really well. If you look at the ideologies that Gaddafi heard, he had clashes with different African leaders at some point. That is a given. But his vision for a united Africa was something that majority of African leaders agreed with him. Though many did not see the essence of it, but people were entertaining the idea. I think um, he was a man who was very futuristic in his thinking and probably his ideas were ahead of time. Now, um, One Africa is a conversation that is being heard very actively right now. And to have a leader who thinks like this, from Gaddafi to Kwame Nkrumah to, you know, any African leader that was very futuristic in the way they thought, the West always perceived them as a threat and would always find a way of doing away with them, either through military coups, either through um, civil unrest in the country, or just through outright assassination. And in every country that this has happened, we've seen the country just turn into, you know, chaos and, and, and shambles. And so President Yoweri Museveni had sort of had it during um, his presentation and he just went into it. Um, listen to what he had to say because he says that NATO had a hand in the killing of Gaddafi. Libya, our late friend Muammar Gaddafi had his issues. I fought Gaddafi twice because he, he, he inter, inter, intervened in our affairs. 1972, because he was supporting Idi Amin. He was saying that Idi Amin is a Muslim and he's supporting a Muslim. Yes, Idi Amin was a Muslim, but, but an idiot also. Are there no idiot Muslims? There must be some idiot Muslims. So in 1972, Muammar Gaddafi sided with Idi Amin and we had to fight him. I fought Muammar Gaddafi. 1979, again, he intervened on the side of Idi Amin. We had to fight him again. But in the end, we made, we made peace with Gaddafi. And he had his issues, he had his, his ideas. Sometimes we would agree with him, sometimes we would not agree with him. Now, when this problem of Libya started, the African Union, with our chairman, who is here now, this gentleman here, they formed a committee, a committee of a few of us, I think we were six. I was one of them. The whole of the African Union gave that committee a mandate to look for a solution for the Libyan problem. Now, on one occasion, I didn't go that time. These excellencies, this one here, 
Jacob Zuma and the others. I, I was not there, but my, my minister was among them. They entered a play in workshop in his place. They were going to Libya to mediate. And they were told by NATO to go back. Yes. He said, you go back. Yes, he's here. If I'm telling you lies. I'm not the one who invited him. You're the one who invited him. African presidents on an African mission over African soil were ordered by NATO to go back. That NATO has not allowed them to land in Libya. Now, we call this in Swahili Tharao contempt. This is contempt. So now you can you can weigh yourselves now. Your presidents were ordered by NATO. Six of them, not one. If it was only seven, maybe you could say. Six excellencies. African excellencies were ordered. Go back. Over Africa. Now, these fellows didn't listen to us. They continued. They killed uh, Gaddafi. Now Libya is in tatters. Up to today. And the problem did not only end in Libya. It went into Mali. It has gone now into uh, Chad. The whole area is in, is, is, is in flames. Egypt, yes. So now you see where, where you are. What strikes me as very interesting is the fact that um, six African presidents had taken it upon themselves to say, Libya is an African country. They're currently going through a problem on the African continent. So we're going to take it upon ourselves to go and talk to him as African leaders, his peers, people maybe who've gone through what his country is going through right now, and people who understand the, the, the econometrics and politics of the continent. And these were the right people to have a conversation with him, to try and find a way forward, to sit down and have a dialogue with him. You know, if there are certain issues that the West did not agree with Libya and perceived as a threat, this would have been a great opportunity for probably the West to have a seat at the table. Um, these African leaders at the table and Gaddafi also at the table and have a conversation of how do we move forward in a way that doesn't compromise Libya's African spirit, but in a way that you don't perceive Libya as a threat. But that was not allowed. An African intervention was not allowed. And this speaks to the one hypocrisy of the west and the arrogance of the west hypocrisy in the sense that now that russia has invaded ukraine not that it makes it right we're seeing the west all up in arms condemning russia for invading a sovereign nation and trying to create instability yet it's the same thing that they did in libya they invaded a sovereign nation a sponsored coup took out their leader and now the country will never 
ever be what it would have been under the leadership of Gaddafi because we just don't know how far he would have taken the country. There are certain atrocities that have been committed by the West in the Middle East that nobody bothers to talk about. When Julian Assange tried to talk about it, he is in prison, you know, and he did not, it wasn't his opinion. He just released footage showing what American soldiers do when they go to war in the Middle East, not to terrorists, to people, to ordinary citizens, what they will later on call collateral on the news to sort of minimize the damage. That's the hypocrisy part. The double standard also just, just, it just shows because there's no way that you're uncomfortable with other people doing exactly what you're doing and then you want to call it out. And when you do the same, you don't want to be called out, you know. And so I think it's very important that this, 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 Musabari, you, you've heard how he spoke. He was like, he's here. If you think I'm lying, you can ask him. And it's very sad that African leaders know that there will always be in the mercy of the West. When push comes to shove, there is nothing that they can do because if NATO tells you do not land in that country, and you in your wisdom, you decide not to land. It's because you know that these people are far more powerful than you can take them on. And that's why the conversation of a united Africa is more necessary now more than ever because Western powers threaten the sovereignty of African nations as individual nations. But if we speak in one accord as one block where if you touch one, you've touched all of us, then they might think twice before doing anything on the continent. And that also speaks to another point that President Museveni raised on Africans slacking when they got independence. And that actually shows, you know, when we got independence, we, we ran with the systems that the white man had put in place. Little did we know that these systems were meant to enable these people to continue do what they had done just with the facade that we've given you freedom yet that freedom was technically not free borders were created by these people identities were created by these people segregation and we still hold on to these things like they are cast in stone but when we realize that the systems that were put in place were not meant to benefit Africans, but to benefit the colonialists. Then we'll start rethinking, re-strategizing, and sleeping with one eye open because your colonizers never went to sleep. After colonization came neocolonization, and now they're becoming more and more, how do I put this in English? English is not my first language. They are, they, they're not afraid to, they, they're doing it in broad daylight. So neocolonialism was almost like they were soft launching colonialism again. But now it's full blown. They, they, they would come into your country. They're arming militants. They, they, they're sponsoring chaos. I mean, um, when Sudan got independence, I read an article that said there was a private jet that landed with money to lobby so that the resources in, um, South Sudan can go to several multinationals. If that is not neocolonialism and just outright bribery and corruption and enabling systems that will allow you to keep looting resources, then I don't know what that is. Let's listen to what President Museveni had to say. In Africa here, the first country to get independence was, was Ghana, 1957. But also in Africa here, we, we, we had to fight Mau Mau in Kenya. Eh? Uh, and Sudan 1956. But the problem is that after we got our independence, we did not analyze why we had been colonized in the first place. 
and then quickly rectify what had caused us to be colonized in the first place. When we got independence, we just relaxed. Uganda here, Kenya there, Sudan there, just relaxed. Started enjoying being in power. Forgetting that here, wolves are still eating lambs. Now, what is happening now? You have seen the pro you saw the problem of Libya. We are weak. Because of, of your weakness, you, you, are, you, you are colonized. Fortunately, we survived. And by a combination of factors, we got our freedom again. But we did not use our freedom to make ourselves stronger. We remained where we were. And now, the former colonies are coming back to continue where they had left off. <coughs> Well, thank you very much for watching. Let me know what you think about this video, what you think about the sentiments of President Yoweri Kota Museveni. This is not to say that President Museveni is a saint. He's been in power for like forever. He's one of those African presidents that also thinks that being a president is his birthright just because he fought for independence. But, I mean, Ugandans are not complaining. So who are we? Who are we to, to, to carry that burden for them? So, I mean, when Ugandans are ready to put new leadership into office, they're going to do whatever it takes to get new leadership. So this is not to say that Museveni is a saint, this is just to say that whatever he said during that season has resonated with a lot of Africans, particularly those who are very curious about what happened to Gaddafi. I'll see you again next time.